Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Live Mike with Lee Lonsberry from Utah's Capitol Hill to your schools, Texas, and all the breaking news. Hear it on Live Mike with Lee Lonsberry on KSL News Radio. Welcome back to Live Mike. We're into the final half hour of the program today. And in just a moment, we're going to get to talking about outer space and what the new Biden administration uh, may view as the future of space exploration for the United States. What does a President Biden mean for NASA and for the private-public partnerships and all of the uh, great advancement that's taken place over this past year, 2020. Before we do, though, I have to share with you some of the text messages that came in response to that past story we did regarding the the newly elected congresswoman from Colorado who has drafted a letter, uh, a Republican, very Second Amendment friendly. Uh, she, the congresswoman, has drafted a letter, sent it to Capitol Police asking, asking if it's okay that she carry a firearm in uh, the U.S. Capitol and in the halls of Congress. Uh, it turns out, and only because that letter was drafted, that I learned that there is uh, a rule that dates back a number of years uh, to the 60s, as a matter of fact, that explicitly allows for members of Congress to move about the Capitol grounds with a firearm, the only exception being the floor of the House of Representatives. Some of the text messages to come in after I pose the question, what do you think? Are you okay with that? Uh, what do you think about a member of Congress carrying their firearm around? Uh, <laughs> there, there's a, a response that I like here. And <laughs> I'll, let me read it and I'll share with you the reference if you don't know. It says, first, absolutely. Absolutely. But we both know they don't need firearms on the floor. They just need canes. Now, what the heck does that mean? <laughs> there are not many references uh, that come through the Utah Community Credit Union text line that reference back to the mid-1800s. That reference there, they just need canes. Uh, I'm not going to go through the full story right now. Go Google it and, and read up on it. But it refers to the caning of Charles Shumner, or I'm sorry, Sumner, a representative from like 1850-something uh, who was uh, beaten by a fellow representative after a fiery speech uh, dealing with slavery. The tensions rose so high that it devolved into a caning. Uh, and in fact, if you have ever taken a tour of the United States Capitol by, uh, and, and that tour was led by Congressman Rob Bishop, uh, you will have heard this story, no doubt, the caning of Charles Sumner. Uh, write that down, Google it later on. And uh, right now, we're going to set our sights on outer space. There has, as I have discussed often on this program, a number of advancements in space exploration. During the year 2020, my hope is that when we look back 
on 2020, we will think of it not as the year that coronavirus ground everything to a screeching halt, but rather the year that took giant leaps forward in terms of space exploration, specifically due to uh, the newly forged partnerships and successes when we see NASA teaming up with the private sector. The Trump administration helped open up new commercial opportunities in orbit, building on years of work by the space industry. There's a new uh, article by Axios that asks the question, what will uh, space exploration look like in the future? While Trump consistently prioritized NASA funding in his budget proposals and relaunched the National Space Council, which aims to hold agencies accountable for their work in space, the Trump administration also extended the reach of commercial partnerships in space. Instead of NASA building a human-rated lunar lander, for example, the agency's outsourcing that work to private companies in a trend that will likely continue far into the future. But as we know, that even though these private-public partnerships have been forged, there is still the public side of it. And the public side of it will answer to the president. And come January 20th, uh, Joe Biden, President-elect Joe Biden, will uh, set the course. And it will be up to him where, uh, you know, our emphasis and resources are placed. Uh, before we get to uh, some of the speculation, let's, uh, let's go back to May. Trump, uh, President Trump in May uh, was at the Kennedy Space Station just after one of the landmark achievements of this public-private partnership, a SpaceX launch. With this launch, the decades of lost years and little action are officially over. A new age of American ambition has now begun. Past leaders put the United States at the mercy of foreign nations to send our astronauts into orbit. Not anymore. Today, we once again proudly launch American astronauts on American rockets, the best in the world, from right here on American soil. I remember that day. In fact, I remember holding little baby Piper up near the TV so she could see it. I took a picture of that event happening. And someday I will show it to her when uh, American men and women are walking on the surface of Mars. I I believe that's coming. I mentioned it was an Axios article that first, uh, you know, put this question into my mind. What will the Biden administration mean for space exploration? Uh, Michael Gleason of the Aerospace Corporation said that space may be one of the least controversial areas of the legacy of President Trump. So let's set, let's set aside politics. Uh, let's set aside uh, any of the bad taste that maybe President Trump has left in your mouth due to style and the way he carries himself, the way he communicates. Space is a new place because of Donald Trump. And perhaps, perhaps the biggest move was standing up the U.S. Space Force. Here's President Trump last year announcing the launch of the United States Space Force. Space. Going to be a lot of things happening in space. Because space is the world's newest warfighting domain. Amid grave threats to our national security, American superiority in space is absolutely vital. And we're leading, but we're not leading by enough, but very shortly we'll be leading by a lot. The Space Force will help us deter aggression and control the ultimate high ground. Now, 
This leads me to the question posed by the publication. What will be the future of space exploration? How much emphasis will be placed on uh, NASA and its partnerships with the private sector under a Biden administration? The, the unfortunate reality is we know very little about uh, President-elect, Bi- uh, President-elect Biden's attitude uh, regarding space. The campaign has uh, said almost nothing about space during its race for the White House other than a couple statements congratulating NASA. NASA on the successful launch and the return of that Demo 2 commercial crew mission uh, this summer. In one of those statements, uh, President-elect Biden said, quote, As president, I look forward to leading a bold space program that will continue to send astronaut heroes to expand our exploration and scientific frontiers through investments in research and technology to help millions of people here on Earth. Now, that's all well and good, but it leaves a lot of space for uh, speculation. Because we don't know exactly what it is that he intends to invest in. We don't know what type of research or technology or will that research and technology find a home in the public or the private sector. The best indication we probably have in terms of the future of NASA and the resource and enthusiasm it will enjoy from the administration on down comes from the Democratic Party platform. It states, quote, we believe in continuing the spirit of discovery that has animated NASA's human space exploration. That's good news. In addition to its scientific and medical research, technological innovation and educational mission that allows us to better understand our own planet and place in the universe. I've run out of time. There is one more place we can look to speculate as to what President-elect Biden's attitude may be going forward, and that is to look backward. He, of course, serving for eight years as vice president under Barack Obama. What was President Obama's attitude? I don't have time to play it for you here, but he was generally supportive. Very supportive, as a matter of fact. Uh, in fact, he, uh, with SpaceX and Orbital ATK, you know, uh, forged some new relationships. So uh, my, my prediction is that things do look good. I hope that remains true. And if we ever get an indication that maybe NASA's losing resources or there is not uh, as fiery an enthusiasm as has been the case over the past four years, uh, you can believe that I'll be calling my representative to say, hey, you think we could light a fire uh, and get uh, get this enthusiasm level backed up? And I'd hope you join me. Anyway, uh, I'm going to take a break right now. When we return for the final segment of the program, there's some good news to report, and it comes along the lines of COVID relief. It turns out. Democrats and Republicans in the White House may be inching closer to common ground. Common ground that could lead to a relief check in your wallet. We'll talk to ABC News correspondent Inez de la Catera next on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry and this is KSL News Radio. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. 
That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts.